T-Mobile has invested billions to light up America's largest 5G network from big cities to small towns, including right here in yours. And great coverage is just the beginning. Right now, families and small businesses can save up to 20% versus AT&T and Verizon when they switch. Visit your local T-Mobile store today. Plan savings with three lines of T-Mobile essentials versus comparable available plans. Plan features and taxes and fees may vary. Baseball is back. And so is MLB.tv. Watch every out-of-market, regular season game on your favorite streaming devices. Anywhere, anytime, all season long. Follow the action live or on demand. Track four games at once with multi-view mode. And catch up with in-game highlights. Plus, original programs, minor league broadcasts, and local pre- and post-game shows. Go to MLB.tv to start your free trial today. Blackout and other restrictions apply. Major League Baseball trademarks used with permission. I feel good today, Ron. I got to tell you, I feel good. I'm going in for my physical later. Uh, I told you about three weeks ago I had pneumonia, and then I had an epiphany. I had a horrible blood pressure reading, and I weighed as much as Alex Highsmith, and he's all muscle, and I'm not. So, What did I tell you walking up the hall today? That I looks like I lost weight. I said you very clearly and obviously looks like you've lost weight. Congrats to you. Now you got to keep it up. Only today. Today's the only day. One Next day at meal. a time. One, one meal at a time. One day at a time. One See, second at a time. Passed up the one pastri- millisecond you at passed a time. up the pastries and donuts this one morning. One quarter syllable at a time. Right? No donuts. Yeah, no donuts no. for me. And they there, had, There's no point. They had cheese Danish, too. I know. I did look at that one. Um, I have homemade peanut butter cookies made with monk sugar or monk sweetener. Whatever as the that sweetener. is. I don't know what that is. It's better than sugar. A little bit of honey and then uh, peanut butter and almond flour, and I'm in, Ron. That's all I need. Why can't I hear? Everything's set today except this thing. How are you? Who's that? I'm good. Here comes the guys to fix everything, Here comes Ron. the guys. Right and early. Disturb our show. But Everything that's good all right. with you? Yes? You're happy? Uh, uh, yeah. Would you I say am. happy? I am. I w- I'm literally happy. It's like what the old. Uh, you don't need to have it on me. I don't need it on. Vic is training the camera on Ron because he is our attraction. What's what's He's an, our Taylor. It used to be up in front of me. What's Ron is our uh, Taylor Swift. Is that right? I can't. Sean, don't call me Seth Myers. And how are you? I think we got new cameras, and you guys look spectacular. Do this we? is like high definition high def- stuff. Uh, don't lie. I know better than I look spectacular. That sounds good to me. I'm getting very, very aggravated no i'm not gonna let that ruin my morning uh, no Ron. don't because you're in a very good mood no coffee no coffee you've still coffee been off is, of it for me caffeine is the gateway drug to all things that harm me well, they used to say that about marijuana didn't they a yeah, long they did. time ago and they were probably right ron we have a lot to get to let's stop dilly-dallying here are you ready to get into a show i'm ready there's the goat right there on tv right in front of us it's off the top yeah look at that guy patrick mahomes super what is this his fourth super bowl fourth super right? bowl in five years holy bird milk we have all kinds of things to get to on off the top here brought to you by jp roofing and siding you can follow along on the fan text line brought to you by edgar snyder and associates personal injury law firm where they always say there's never a fee unless we get money for you, I put in a request from our boss to get you hooked into texts here. Can you see the text yet, Sean? Or no? No. No, I can't see him. I'll, I'll see what... We're going to do text in the city. If we haven't done that in a while. To the, to the segment called text in the city, then 
it's it's definitely a prerequisite that you have to see the text. Yeah, otherwise I'd just be making up yeah, stuff, that and that, we don't want to do that. Wouldn't be possible. Ron, we're going to get into a six pack in a minute, but I was know, thinking Friday about something. Friday six pack, I love that. Thinking about something today. Thinking about Groundhog Day. It is today. And apparently, I don't know, what is it? If he doesn't come out, then spring comes early? Is that the I, idea? I guess he didn't see his shadow, so that means spring is coming early. Good. That's oh. my understanding. I don't believe in that. Have bunk. you ever met him, Punxsutawney? Have you ever interviewed him? Uh, no. My daughter uh, went there with her friend. In fact, Mrs. Hester and, uh, and her daughter, they went up to Groundhog Day, and it was like minus 20 up there. A lot they, of people go. When they went. It's, it was, it's a she, sellout She crowd. said it was great to go once. I don't think she'd want to do it again, but it was one of those ones she was glad do she Do they did. sell tickets for that on SeatGeek? Can I get know. in there? I don't know. Anyway, you know what it got me to thinking about? Ron, Pittsburgh sports is Groundhog Day. Think about this. Steelers. They all suck right now. Not Well, that's the point. It's not right now. It's year after year after year. It's the same thing. Steelers, seven years without a playoff win. Give or take, you know, a year here, a year there, whatever. They're in the same position every single year. Not even close to a playoff win, actually, in seven years. Penguins, no playoff series wins till what, seven since 17? Five years. Uh, and if they make, don't make the playoffs or don't win one, it'll be six years this year. And they may miss the playoffs for the second year in a row. Pitt football, give or take, you know, a great year a couple of years ago. Give or take, they've been Groundhog Day for 43 years. Correct. Pitt basketball, give or take, they've been Groundhog Day for the better part of a decade, and I don't even have to tell you about the Pirates. That's what we're living here. Right. You're right. That's what we're living is Groundhog Day all the time, Sean. All the time, every day. These it are, seems like these the same not, things over they, and over 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 and over. These are not good over times. Over. They are not. And over and over and over and over again. Sonny and Cher every morning on the radio when we wake up. Yeah, exactly. Ron, how do we snap out of this and who snaps out first? Well, your prediction with the Pirates in 2027 to win it all. I actually think they will snap out of it first. They might. They might. I, I, I think the Penguins are on a real decline here. I mean, their stars are all getting older. Um, and the Steelers, you know, they're a quarterback away maybe from turning it around, but that's a big – That's like saying – It's a big I'm, need, you know. You know? Uh, uh, no, it's like saying if I was handsome, I'd be a movie star. Exactly. I'm not. Right. And I'm not. Yeah. For the average guy, I'm, I'm the SI swimsuit model away from marrying the SI swimsuit model, <laughs> right? But, you know, I mean, Houston found a guy. All of a sudden, they're a playoff team and look like they have a real bright future. I'm not saying it's impossible. Yeah, they sunk right to the now, bottom of the league. But right now, it certainly looks impossible or, it's dif just, or difficult. It's, I mean, it, it doesn't mean that there's not a lot of sports talk, like that interesting stories don't pop up all the time. I would say especially the Steelers provide us with those. But... In a way, it kind of does. You really have to generate, for instance, Penguins-related topics of interest because it just seems like Sidney Crosby's great. We know that. But it's the same thing every single year. Both pit teams, as I mentioned. And then the Pirates. I mean, there have been years where the only time that we really want to talk Pirates 
is around the trade deadline because then it gets or a little bit around interesting. the draft time when they're drafting one overall because they were the worst team in baseball. Exactly. And it's funny you mentioned that because I remember when we came on the air all those years ago. And as it turned out, they did turn it around shortly after that, but it was 2010 when we got on the air. And it was like, are we ever going to talk about the Pirates when it's not in in the context of the future, like prospects and the draft and who are they going to take? Right. So I just wonder about that. And it just it just struck me today. That's exactly what we're living in. And when is it ever going to change? Sean, who do you predict will be first to snap it? And by snap it, I guess I mean a deep playoff run or a team that that changes its its dynamic right now to where they become a yearly real contender. You know what I mean? I think it might be the Pirates. I'm going to go Steelers, and the reason is I think it's easier to do it in the NFL than it is in baseball, for instance. I think it's really difficult with the financial landscape. Now, we've seen smaller market teams make runs. Arizona is an example this past year. Baltimore is going to get there, I think, this year. But in the NFL, it seems like every year you have two, three, four teams that really had struggled for the past several seasons that make a run, and I think Pittsburgh, certainly they have plenty of pieces in place they need, obviously, a couple more, but I, I think it's a little bit closer for them than, than the other teams. I think the Penguins, it's about to be about a five-year rebuild upcoming. Man, the Penguins, that one is very depressing at times. And yet, there are nights There are nights when they are wildly entertaining, he's, right? Yeah, Crosby's still wildly entertaining. You never know what he's going to do. It's a shame that uh, what is around him has declined. Meaning the third and fourth lines mostly, and yeah, and Malkin, I think to a degree, and and to me, Carlson has been a major disappointment. Yeah, he's been a disappointment. I'll say that uh, he just had a ten-game point streak. I don't know about major for me anyway. I guess based but, on my expectations. Yeah, the fact that he's making eleven and a half million came in here, you know, yeah, after a hundred and one points. I just expected more. That's all. I think everybody expected more. Right. That's why I said definitely a disappointment. Um, but he wasn't going to get 100 points here. He got that mostly because he was on a crap team, right? Right. I expected more on the power play, <laughs> though, from him for sure. But that's what we're living. Every single day of our lives, we're stuck. I, has this town ever been stuck like this? Oh, there have been some. Perpetually, year been after some, year? There have been some bleak times here. You know, the, I mean, the Steelers playoff winless streak hasn't been seen since a streak that began in the 60s. Yeah, since before Chuck Noll got there and in yeah. his first couple of years. I mean, if I remember correctly, the early 80s, uh, you know, the Pirates and Steelers both had championships in 79, but then it started to decline in the early 80s. Um, the Penguins, until Lemieux got here, were almost out of town, Yeah, right? Uh, now Pitt, you know, it, the early 80s, Late seventies, early eighties, they were eleven and one. Yeah, at least they you had them. Yeah, and basketball off and on. Um, this is probably as prolonged and as dark as I can remember. Penguins haven't missed the playoffs in back to back years since oh um, four, and then there was the lockout. So oh three four and before then five, Sid six. before Sid. Yeah, and with Sid, his first year. Yeah, right. I so remember. That, I I remember that. Remember their first playoff series was in Ottawa. Yeah, they and, stormed and, the and castle they got there. Boat race. The by, Senators they, did. They just weren't ready for it. And then the next year, what they went to the Cup final, right? Yes, they did. 
All right. I just wanted to get that out there that I was thinking about that and who the first team to emerge would be. How many under 25 stars or potential stars do we have in this town right now? Under 25. Pickens. Yeah. Joey Porter Jr. Maybe I should rephrase the question. Broderick Jones. Transcendent type superstars. I mean, I don't think of Joey Porter Jr. as a guy who's going to be. Nor Broderick Jones necessarily. Maybe Pickens. Pickens, maybe. Pickens has the talent for it. Um, O'Neal Cruz. O'Neal Cruz would be one for sure. Maybe. I I mean, if Paul Skeens gets here and is what he's supposed to. That's what I'm talking about with the Pirates. That's what I mean. O'Neal Cruz is past 25, Ron. Oh, is he? Yep. I didn't realize he. I thought he was like 24. No, he's 25 in 121 days. So we're very Almost scant 26. On, on younger potential superstars. Skeens is one, though. He's 21, right? Yeah, Termar Johnson might be one as well. I say it's the Pirates, and I'm sticking to that opinion. Sean, we need some, uh, well, we need some beer. Some melo- Melody six-pack. Actually, Ron, we're going to do a 12-pack. So our opinions will be quick, and they'll be good. Pirates being linked to Gary Sanchez, San Diego Padres last year, catcher. Oh, what Whatever happened to the Henry Davis catcher? They don't need a catcher, according to what they say, right? Davis is going to be their guy. I think this would be fantastic. He had 19 home runs last year for the Padres. He can still play. He's a decent defensive player. He gets wrapped defensively, but he throws out runners. And, yes, this is clear to me, and it's been clear all along. I mean, say what you will about about Derek Shelton, Ben Charrington, anything else. They've been around baseball all their lives. Shelty was a catcher. They know when somebody can catch and when they can't. And they had every reason to use Henry Davis to audition him last year behind the plate, and they didn't do it. And if they could bring in this guy, to me that would be a gigantic, gigantic move for them to actually have a trusted veteran catcher back there who's coming off 19 homers and his underlying stats were really good, who could be a stabilizing force instead of trotting out Henry Davis and having him having to worry about being the everyday catcher when he he, he hasn't played the position He'll since He may end when? up playing in right field. I think so. They need a right fielder. So Now, Sanchez failed in New York, right, with the yes, Yankees? Yes, he did. Yep. Like pretty badly, right? Yeah. Now, you know, but that doesn't mean a lot of guys. A.J. Burnett failed badly in New York, too. It's not meant for everybody. Uh, even his failure, I think, would be better than some of the catching we've seen around here. But uh, Better than Austin. Well, wait a what second. What was his name, Austin Powers? No, that was the movie. Hedges. Saw. Austin Hedges. I was thinking Austin Powers. Where did Where did Sanchez fail? I mean. I thought he was with the Yankees for a I while. Mean, yeah, he was great for the Yankees. He had years of 20, 33, 34, 23 home runs. That's where he made his bones. Then he went to Minnesota. He hit only 205. He's not an average hitter. I mean, he doesn't hit for average, I should say. He hit 205, but he had 16 homers. Then he went to the Mets, which might might be what you're thinking of. But that was a short stint. That was a very short stint, like seven plate appearances. That's pretty short. Yeah, that's real short. Three strikeouts. Was he hurt? I don't know. And then he went to San Diego, and in 72 games, 72 games, he hit 19 homers, 46 RBIs, 500 slugging percentage. So pretty good. A little bit of catcher, a little bit of DH. Now, where is this rumor coming from? Have you just seen this I'm on just, Twitter? I don't know, directly. Okay. I just heard it reported on the radio earlier today, correct? 
Yeah, there's a lot of rumors circulating all over at this time. Next. What was that? Took there you a little bit longer there, uh, there Seth. There we go. Let's speed this up. Jim Harbaugh promises multiple titles with the Chargers. Good you luck with it? that. No, I'm not. Just, I might be. Justin Herbert. Uh, yeah, it's just, again, it's so hard. I, Aaron Rodgers, Drew Brees. I mean, it's just hard to win multiple titles. But he's got a quarterback at least to build around, and, and I think a pretty good team. So we'll see. I'd like to see him win one first. And he's still got to deal with Mahomes in that division. Yes, he does. Um, but I'm not putting it past him. I think he's a great coach, and he's got an owner who wants to spend money and a stud quarterback, and that's a very good place to start. Nice place to start. And guess who he plays at home next season? The uh, Baltimore Ravens oh, in yeah. the Harbaugh Bowl. You know where the last one was. Next. On a Super Bowl Sunday. Baker Mayfield wants to know who his coordinator is going to be before he signs back in Tampa. Now, they can franchise him, so he actually doesn't have much of a choice. But if for some reason it gets ugly and he came available, would you be all over Baker? Yeah, I would be very much interested in him now. Um, I did see that uh, I thought they have their coordinator, though. I thought that it's real close to naming someone. And I don't know if he has a background with Baker or not. Who's that? I can't remember his name. I saw. I, I just saw it said Buccaneers close in on coordinator. Oh, uh, here it is. Liam Cohen. Yep, yep, yep. That's it. There you go. So if Baker Mayfield. And I think he was with the, the Rams. I think he's on the McVay tree. And I think Baker would have played for him. He did in his little stint with the Rams. Yep. Liam Cohen is his name. Uh, so he at least has some, some history with Baker. He's Kentucky's offensive coordinator. But theoretically, if he did become available, yes, he would be my starting quarterback. He was great this season. He really was. Sean? Another new NFL kickoff rule. Aren't we done with these yet, Ron? Uh, you can already fair catch and get the ball to 25, but Mike Florio, or I should say Mark Maskey of the Washington Post reports, the league will now look again at adopting the XFL kickoff rule, which requires 10 players on each team to line up five yards apart on the kickoff. So you have 10 guys, one line, 10 guys, another line, five yards apart. Nobody behind them. Five on each side, right? I think you got to line up balanced. Well, yeah, 10 guys across the field, right? Right, but you can't put seven on one side and three on the other. I guess that's what they try to do on onside kicks sometimes, right? I don't think that's legal. Well, nobody can be back. That's the only part that I understood for it. And the NFL uh, is going to consider this again. What do you mean nobody can be back? Off of the line to get a running start? Yeah, 10 guys in a straight line across. Right. Like imagine the 30-yard uh, line. Yard line. line where he kicks 10 from. guys across the line. So you okay. can't have guys back there behind right. them. Running. Right. Getting a running start. Five yards apart. Would you like this rule? I don't know. Does it sound like it'd be anything different? To not have anybody back by the kick returner? No, no, like you don't break. Oh, them I off. thought you were talking about the kickoff team lined up. Both all, teams. Or, both you'd have the kick you'd have both teams lined up in a straight line five yards apart. Ten players. The only guys who would be back are the kicker and the return man. I don't know. Sounds quirky to me. It's so you don't get the, the big collisions. The big run I down right. the field, yeah. break the uh, the wedge-type hits. 
Now, I'm at the point where they should just get rid of the kickoff if they don't want it. Having said that, there were some really exciting kick and punt return plays in the game this year. If you don't want to get injured, then don't play football. I would go back to the other, the old rule, the way it was. And whoever wants to play on the kickoff team can play. And if they don't want to play football, they can find another line of work, Ron. It sounds, you sound very <laughs> draconian with that statement. Your thoughts on the kickoff? Uh, you know, I, it, I don't know. I think the kickers, if they want, can all put it out of the end zone these days. They're all so good and so set strong legs. I mean, I think it, what the strategy is, is, you know, if you want to have the other team start at the 25, just kick it out of the end zone. Sean? Yeah, I, I would have to see this to to kind of have a, have a real view on it, but I understand that they're going to keep trying to change because guys get hurt, and then, to your point, no one really wants to do it. So Yeah, nobody wants to do it. I don't think. NFL.com names T.J. Watt Defensive Player of the Year. Now, this is writers voting on that award. Two votes ahead of Miles Garrett, three ahead of Micah Parsons. Is this a sign of things to come next week with the official Defensive Player of the Year? I'm still going to guess Garrett, and I think you've said it, a Lifetime Achievement Award maybe. Yeah. Um, I think both of them have won awards. by. There's so many people, pro football writers, pro football focus, you know, there's so many different awards out there, and I think they both split a number of them. But the big one is going to be unveiled uh, uh, a week uh, uh, next Thursday at that award show, the honor show. I'm guessing it's still going to be Garrett. Next. Mike McDonald, he had a news call. Oh, a double. I like that. 16-ouncer. <laughs> I hope the flat. it's not flat an indication of that. Mike McDonald says he'll call defensive plays for the Seahawks as their head coach. He made no promises of multiple titles. Peter King called this hire a ground rule double. What say you, Ron? His defense was awfully good in Baltimore, but again, sometimes it's a lot easier to be a coordinator than a head coach. Um, and it seems to me... Um, they're going out on a limb here with a defensive coach. Uh, a lot of people want offensive guys, but as we've talked before, maybe the best way to stop these high-powered offenses is to have a terrific defense. And I think he's a really good coordinator. I don't know what kind of head coach he's going to be. It's going to be interesting calling defensive plays with your head coach. Uh, Mike who, Tomlin then, has done that. Is here. he not going to worry about his offense at all? Well, I'm sure Who's he's going to hire an offense. It, I don't oh, know. I'm sure he's, he's too. I mean. But uh, I, I don't like a head coach. I'd rather have a good defensive coordinator and give him the leeway to do his job. Do you want the head coach calling offensive plays? Well, if he's Andy Reid, I guess I'm okay with it. Or uh, Matt LaFleur. Yeah. Or Sean McVay. There's a few of them out there. Or Kyle guess, Shanahan. Or Kyle Shanahan. If he's really good at it, I say go for it. And I like that. And I like his the team. defensive it, guy. It, and it's his team. He can do what he wants. Good point. Next. Mark Andrews was a hero on a flight from Baltimore this. to Phoenix. Medical emergency. A woman having problems, I think, with her heart rate and things like that. And the flight attendants were quick on the scene. And then Andrews recognized maybe uh, she could use my diabetic testing kit. And she did. And they got her some orange juice. And there it was. He was a hero, Ron. She was better. Uh, yeah, I saw that. I, I said the story I read, he kind of slinked quietly off the plane, didn't want any fanfare, didn't right. want any, any attention. Just your routine helped save a life. Flight. 
he put out a statement today saying the real heroes besides the quick acting flight attendants were the nurse and the doctor on the plane. That was very nice of him and a great job by everybody on that plane. Yep, it's nice. You know, my luck, I'd have something like that and there wouldn't be a damn doctor or nurse on the whole plane. (laughs) Go ahead. Pro Football Focus names the Steelers as potential destinations for Kirk Cousins and Michael Thomas. Any interest in either one of those? Uh, I sure I'd love to have Cousins, but not at his price tag. No, and the other guy, the receiver, he stinks. He's old. He's been hurt. I think he's missed time. I'm not interested. Kirk Cousins, yeah, I would spend thirty five million. I'd on be him. more interested in Tyler Boyd or Tyler T, Boyd or would T be Higgins, either one. Well, T Higgins, that would be up around a Kirk Cousins price. Yeah, that would be a big ticket if they traded Deontay. I'd love that. Uh, Kirk Cousins, of course. You'd upgrade your quarterback situation to go with what should be a pretty good defense with stars on it, and you'd be in win-now mode. You'd have to reconfigure a little bit of your cap, but, you know, what would Kirk Cousins be? 35 minus $8 million for Mitch Trubisky. Now you're down to 24 Very easy. To me, it would be easily affordable, but they won't do it because they want to see if Kenny Pickett can actually play. We're going to go through another audition, Ron. Seems while the while the defensive stars are get, getting older, getting a little bit older each day, and older. Next, AJ Brown has scrubbed his Instagram account of any Eagles-related content. Maybe he called George Pickens to find out how to do that, <laughs> and then he went on the radio and said about you know all these rumors of him leaving. I don't know. Maybe they know something I don't. He hardly quelched them, squelched them, I should say. Whatever happens, happens. What would you give up for A.J. Brown? He's a great Brown? player, but he, is he ever happy? Wasn't he unhappy in uh, Tennessee as yeah. well? Now unhappy he's unhappy and very productive. Now Everybody's un- unhappy. They're unhappy here, too. As a wide receiver, I guess that goes with the position. Very talented guy, but, I mean, I thought he and Jalen Hurts were going to make beautiful music together yeah. for a long time. And Deontay Smith. Yeah. Who's that? Devontae Devontae. Um, what would you give up for him? Alex Highsmith, for me, I'd give them a very good player. Alex Highsmith and a draft pick, and I would plug him right in. How much? How long has he signed for? I don't know. Let's say he signed for multiple more years. Yeah, he'd be he'd be great. Um, but I don't. I just don't. I don't know. It's a lot to give up for a wide receiver. I'd rather draft one. I think you can get a really good one in the draft. Yeah. Without giving something up. Brown They're definitely going to need one though. Next. Cleveland Browns losing Alex Van Pelt. He's going to be the offensive coordinator in New England. How about that? And also, Bill Callahan is going to join his son in Tennessee as the offensive line coach. What make you of these Uh, moves? You know what? I I, I saw Tony Grossi, our friend who's covered the Browns forever, saying, I'm sick about this, not losing Van Pelt, losing Callahan. I mean, I know he's a great offensive line coach. I think there's a huge element of risk uh, when uh, the in this case it's the son hiring the father, H- how are the other coaches going to look at that? I mean, it, it, how are they going to look at? And I think of Paterno. I think Joe Paterno's greatest mistake football wise was hiring his son Jay, and I think that created a bad feeling among the rest of the staff. There's a feeling of nepotism there. Um, now, Cal, I don't I don't think Jay was a very good coach. I think Callahan's a really good coach. But it troubles me a little bit that I, I just wonder how the rest of the staff is going to like that. 
Yeah, I would wonder about that if he was unproven and young and it was the dad hiring the son. In this case, you're bringing in one of the best, if not the best, offensive line coaches in football. I, I can't imagine that people wouldn't lean toward that side. Like, this guy is great at what he does. Now, the Van Pelt thing, he wasn't even calling the plays in Cleveland. That was Stefanski. Yeah. So, he's a good quarterback's coach, but this is a highly questionable hire. The only time the only time that I can see that he ever called plays was 2009 in Buffalo, and they were 28th in offense. Last one, Sean. <clears throat> Josh Yoey in The Athletic indicates that he believes that the Penguins will keep Jake Gensel, but he adds that Kyle Dubas is, quote, not afraid to trade him. Elliot Friedman reported last month that Dubas plans to hold talks with Gensel's camp over this weekend's All-Star break. So something, there's going to be, I think, for Dubas, a decision arrived at this weekend, whether he wants to trade or or keep him, because he's going to find out, I think, precisely what, what they want. What Gensel wants. Now, the trade deadline is until March 8th, um, I, which gives him some time. What if the Penguins go on a roll a little bit? And start to look like a legitimate team. Yeah. Does that change your mind on what you might do? Not if it's either he's if he if he wants too much money, I have to trade him because he can't lose him for nothing. Right. And if he's willing to take the penguini discount, then I'm definitely set on signing him anyway. Uh, I can make a hockey trade for Jake Gensel. I can help somebody else and help my team. Now, you saw what, you know, Calgary and Vancouver made that trade. Yeah. The other day, Calgary got a a guy that scored 39 goals last year, not having a great year this year. Right. Two defensive prospects, a number one draft choice this year, and a conditional number four. Right. Would you give up that? Would you take that for Gensel? Hmm. You know, the Russian kid, the fact that he's – Gone back. Well, Tuckett pretty much buried him. Yeah, if you gave me a thirty-nine goal score, Hit thirty-nine from last, last year. year. Yeah, I'd be. I, I as eight this year. I I would make a hockey trade for Gensel. I would. Um, now, how do you factor in the Crosby factor? Same thing as I said yesterday. We've given him every single thing he wants. At some point, I have to run a hockey team. You and then yeah, I but I definitely think that's a major consideration for Dubas. Sid's only got one more year left after this. Yeah. It's impo- you know, it al- seems impossible to expect him to think that he might go somewhere else, right? If he sees yes. a total rebuild coming, maybe he would leave. Well, a real hockey trade wouldn't constitute a total rebuild. In fact, keeping Gensel to the end of his deal and having him would, walk without compensation. Lead to more would... of a rebuild, probably. Right. Coming up next, Tyler Kennedy's going to talk hockey. Let's ask him about those questions with the Penguins. And we'll ask him once again to fix the power play. What does he think of Gensel? We'll talk to him next. Fan Hotline presented by Sullivan Super Service. Providing trusted plumbing and HVAC service for over 50 years. Fan Twitter brought to you by South Hills Kia, Peters Township. Visit him at southhillskia.net. And the time is 1030 brought to you by Gina G. and Petro of Remax Select Realty. T-Mobile has invested billions to light up America's largest 5G network from big cities to small towns, 
including right here in yours. And great coverage is just the beginning. Right now, families and small businesses can save up to 20% versus AT&T and Verizon when they switch. Visit your local T-Mobile store today. Plan savings with three lines of T-Mobile essentials versus comparable available plans. Plan features and taxes and fees may vary. We get it. Attention spans just aren't what they used to be. Heads in social media and eyes on Netflix. But what do people do with their ears? Well, for one... They're listening to audio. Americans spend 4.4 hours with audio every day. Oh, and you want the proof? Well, you just sat through this ad that's now approaching 30 seconds. What could you say to a potential customer in 30 seconds? Let Odyssey put together a media plan tailor-made for your unique marketing needs. Advertise with Odyssey. Visit ads.odyssey.com. Well, hello. What's up? There it is. We didn't have you at first. Yeah. You there? Tyler, are you there? Yeah, I'm here. I can barely hear you, though. All right. We were, <laughs> I'll re- pre- rephrase what Joe asked. Let's talk about the lousy power play. Next to last in the league, Sully made some changes. Uh, took uh, uh, both Carlson and Malkin off the top unit. You think that'll last, and will it work? Well, if it starts turning around, it'll definitely last. You know, and I think there definitely need to be changes. And when you hear Sullivan talk about the power play, he's willing to do anything, and he's willing to make a lot of changes to try to get that thing going. They have nothing to lose right now. Second in the league with those kind of players, it's it's very, very surprising. And how about three-on-three? Three? Clearly, Marcus Pedersen is the answer there, Tyler. <laughs> you know what? He's What a year he's having. Yeah. He might be playing him way right, he might be playing himself right out of Pittsburgh the way he's playing. He's a, he's a great, great player. And the way he's developed over the last three or four years is unbelievable. And I thought, honestly, I thought P.O. Joseph would have developed like that and kind of made some big steps, but P.O. hasn't really made the steps like Pedersen's made, and it's it's surprising to me. And what I like about Pedersen, he's like the modern-day Dumoulin with a little bit more of a scoring touch, a little bit more playmaking. He sticks up for his teammates, even though he gets beat up a little bit. He, he, is, he, he is great. I, lo- I love that kind of player. All right, Tyler, the big question with the Penguins, what are they going to do with Gensel? Um, you, you saw what uh, Vancouver gave up to get uh, the the kid guy from Calgary, Lindholm. What do you see happening with Gensel? They're going to wait right up to the deadline, and how do you factor in the fact that Sid absolutely loves playing with Gensel? Well, I think Sid will have a lot of say in it, and I think it depends if they make you know where they sit at the pl- uh, the trade deadline. You know, if they're going to squeeze in there, I think they keep and try to get something done this summer. But it's hard to compare the Vancouver Canucks and Pittsburgh Penguins because one's in first place in the league and the other is trying to fight for a playoff spot. And, you know, if they're not in a playoff spot, you kind of have to get rid of them just because, you know, his prime 
is in the rebuilding stages of the Penguins, and you're going to miss his prime of being that leader with a team that's still trying to develop, get into playoffs, trying to establish themselves. Again, you finish middle, you'll be middle for a long time. You either finish last and get a, a really good first overall or you know top five pick, and you start building your team that way, or you know you, you start winning again. But for them, I, I I think it really depends how they do at the deadline. And I think Kyle Dubas is going to be very active on the trade deadline. He's he's a guy that always is, and I think a guy that's not going to sit around in the weeds and see if his team's going to play and figure a way to get in the playoffs. Tyler Kennedy on the fan hotline. We were just talking about Carlson and the level of disappointment we feel in him this season. What were your expectations for him, Tyler, and has he fallen short of those? Well, guys, I said this at the summer. I played against him. I know what kind of player he is. He hasn't changed. You know, and the one thing for me, again, I love watching him play. I think he he adds a a dynamic that the Penguins – need the more offense they needed last year to get into the playoffs, which they didn't have. But the problem with Carlson, he's not good on defense. You know, and when you when you want to win consistently in the NHL, you got to take care of your own end. And he's not too worried about his own end. And he keeps saying, yeah, I want to win. I'm here to win. It's like, well, play defense. You know, play better defense. Take care of the puck first. Your offense is going to come. You're making 11 million, guaranteed. Don't worry about getting your point. And if you guys have heard Drew Doughty, he called out a couple of his teammates in LA, saying, "Yeah, yeah we're up by a couple goals, and these guys are still getting trying to get their cookies." You know, which means still trying to get points. And a guy that's won before knows that's not how it works. That's not how a championship team works. And I, I think Carlson has a little bit of that in them, you know, and I think especially down the stretch, this is going to really show if he really wants to win and play better on defense, or if he's just going to stick to the way he's playing for the last, you know, 10 to 15 years. Tyler, I look at the standings and one day I feel good. Like the penguins are going to make the playoffs the next day. I don't, I'm just wondering these teams, maybe after Toronto in sixth place, I mean, Detroit, Philly, the Islanders, the Penguins, the Devils right behind them. I don't know. It, it, it doesn't look like at the bottom of the East, the bottom eight, uh, six, seventh, eighth teams are very good. I, do you like the Penguins' chances? The Flyers in a free fall, and, and Patrick Waugh so far hasn't worked out with the Islanders. Yeah, like the Islanders, they're going to take time to get his system in. You know, sometimes it works out trading or firing your coach and getting a new guy and getting him going. You know, the Islanders, they just don't have the scoring power. You know, they don't have that top-end talent that a lot of other teams have. You know, you don't really know, besides Barcel, who's going to put up, you know, 30 goals. Like, if Jake Gensel goes to that team, he's probably the best player on that team. Um, Philadelphia... You knew I, I knew the bubble was going to pop, and it's so nice to see the bubble pop in Philly, and they're really starting to play how how I thought they'd be playing all year. So I think we'll pass them up, but it's going to be a dogfight all the way to all the way to the end. And let's just hope the Penguins get some consistent wins and kind of get on a roll because it, it it would be easy to get into a playoff with how the other teams are playing right now. Tyler, do we need more fighting in the NHL? And did you ever just beat the hell out of anybody on the ice? Did that ever happen? 
Yeah, I, I, I think there's always a place for fighting in hockey. It just keeps everyone under control. It makes your your stars feel a lot safer. You know, it keeps guys, you know, just in place. You know, it keeps them under control. It's like a sheriff on the ice. You know, I, I, I enjoyed it. When's the last time you saw a fight that no one was sitting in their seats? You know, everyone's standing up, cheering it on because it's exciting. You know, the biggest sport in the world right now is UFC, and all it is is fighting. So uh, do I think there's a place for fighting in the NHL? 100%. I always felt safe when we had guys like Eric Goddard, Aaron Asham, you know, Craig Adams, uh, George LaRock. When they were in the lineup, it definitely loosened me up a little bit, you know, and saying, okay, someone's got my back. Um, I had a couple good fights. I don't know. I had probably like 20, 25 fights in the NHL and, the, what would you the say one, your record was? Yeah, and he asked if you beat the hell out yeah. of anyone. Did anyone beat the hell out of you? Boys, I'm like 50-50. I would go in swinging. <laughs> you know, the one thing, knock on wood, I never, no one ever caught me with a, a hard punch. You know, I got caught, but it wasn't like knock me out. I was, I was, I, I feel like I dealt with a lot of demons because that was like my worst fear, getting just in a fight and getting knocked out in front of 20,000 people. I thought that would be the most embarrassing thing ever. Um, so, but the, the one fight I had a couple, I had obviously great fights with uh, Sean Avery just because everyone hated him. He was pretty tough, but I never really won too many of those. But the one that I fought a guy that was out of my weight class was that Jamie Ben. I, Jamie Ben took a run out of Kenny Malkin. And I remember I challenged him and, I worked on boxing all summer. I was like, you know, after my first three or four years, I'm like, all right, I got to learn how to fight. So I took boxing lessons for a full summer. You know, I would stand on a two by four and I would grab my trainer and we would just box, you know, getting his head up, pump, 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 you know, and we would do that all summer. And then when I got in that fight, I actually give it to Jamie Ben. I had a great fight with him, center ice. And that was one I, I really did pretty well considering the guy had 40 pounds on me and, you know, a couple inches. And then another one was that Travis Harmonic uh, guy on the island. It was the game before Christmas. And in warm-up, or sorry, before the puck drop, he was screaming my name, going, you're dead, I'm coming for you. And I'm going, buddy, it's the day before Christmas. I am flying out right after this game. And I was so mad that he asked me to fight the day before Christmas or the day before we got off that I absolutely give it to him. I ended up giving him a black eye. I caught him with one square right in the, the nose or in the eye. And later in my career, I ended up playing on the islands with him. And he was a great guy. We had a lot of good laughs. But his wife was so mad because every pitcher – at Christmas that year, he had a big shiner. And I said, hey, I told his wife, I go, I, that was the last thing I wanted to do before my Christmas break. And your husband was screaming at me, give me no choice. And that's why I give it to him so bad. But, you know, a lot of good memories, a lot of good things. But I I, I do like watching guys get in a tussle, that, that energy. You know, again, it's like the most warrior thing to fight another man. Not too many people can really say they went toe-to-toe with another human being. You know, it, it takes a lot of courage. Ron, we Tyler, do that every day. Yeah, we do it every day in the studio, Tyler. You mentioned Sean <laughs> Avery. 
more than one person has told me they thought he literally tried to hurt people. That there aren't many guys that play the sport to try to hurt people. Do you agree with that? Yeah, like, you know, I play with some guys, you know, that they, they, they were hitting to hurt. You know, like Matt Cook, when he hit, he was he was trying to get you out of the game. Sean Avery, when he was doing his stuff, he was trying to hurt guys. And going back to fighting guys, when I was fighting someone, I was trying to kill them. You know, because you have to, because that that it was like a switch that goes off. You know, you, you can't. Oh, I don't want to hit him too hard. Like you're literally trying to bury his face through your knuckles. You know that's that's just the nature of it. You know, again, your back's against the wall. You have to do it. So, do I hold anything about the guys that are out there trying to hurt? No, no, that's that's part of the game. Like I, I play with a lot of guys that did that. You know, and on the other side of it, you had to know certain guys like a Jordan Tutu were on the ice because again he, he was looking to make, make you hurt, you know? So again, that's a, that's a, that's a part of the game that I think the NHL is missing a little bit now. It just, again, it's fast. There's high scoring, but that grit, that, that energy, that, you know, that excitement that way, I think we've lost it a little bit. Maybe I'm just sounding like an old washed up ex Stanley cup champion guy here, but that's what I feel. (laughs) I just went back and because of Ron's question, looked at a piece I wrote from 2008, and the headline it was: "You guys were in a playoff series with uh, with the Rangers, Penguins Rangers," and the headline is "Avery's a coward." And then I have uh, Brooks Orpik saying, "Even his own teammates hate him." <laughs> he tried to injure Crosby in that series, and yeah. Sid told me he wasn't going for the puck; he was going for my wrist, and that was when. <laughs> when Hal Gill said during a game, Tyler, as reported by Pierre Maguire, he said, Hal Gill just said to Avery on the ice, you weren't hugged enough as a child, were you? That's why you've got issues. <laughs> Everybody hated him, even his teammates, right? Yeah, I heard he was just a different guy. You know, he was a different, very standoffish, very go there, do his thing, get out of there. You know, and... Again, I had some good battles with him, and I used to get a lot of heat from my buddies and some of my buddies here because he would—he was like a fashionable guy. Like he would wear like you know, like real fancy suits. Like he was right into the fashion, and he would like—he'd have like purses and stuff. It was very odd. And I remember he beat me up pretty good. And my buddy, go, you know, they're like a guy that carries a purse to the game, just beat you up, you know? And I was like, Hey, he's tougher than he looks. Believe me, I'm trying my best. He, he is tough. He was strong. Um, he, he was a strong guy, knew how to fight. And, um, but again, like I like listening, he's got some podcasts. He, he's, he talks quite a bit on social media and just hearing him talk after. And he goes, I had to do that stuff. That's what made me different. That's what, you know, made a lot of room. And, I actually had a guy interview me about Matt Cook this week, and he was talking about how Cookie Matt Cook is a coach in Newfoundland where they had that Terry Ryan play. And they're like, well, what do you think about a guy that played the way Matt Cook played? And now he's coaching. And I'm like, guys, I love playing with Matt Cook. You know how much room he created for me and Jordan Stahl? I got a lot of goals because the defenseman was looking over his head because Matt Cook, if he didn't turn, Matt Cook was going to run him through the boards, you know, and that made the puck open for me, you know. But again, those the guys that you hated the most were the guys you wanted to on your team, 
you know, a guy like Sean Avery, he would have been a good good guy for the Penguins to pick up. You know, maybe we had our own guys like that, but he 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 brings something, you know, a piece of the puzzle that you need to have a good team. Tyler, real quickly, the Penguins don't play again until Tuesday night. Ten days off. How hard is that? What do you expect? And if you're a player, my God, you got to be dying to get back in a game, right? Couple things, boys. Well, one, did you guys see the new thing that came out? Sid was skating at an outdoor rink in uh, where Big Sky in Colorado or something. He was on an outdoor rink just working on skills. I didn't see that, but not surprising, yeah. right? Yeah, not surprising. Again, a guy that just obsessed with being perfect. You know, he does everything right. You wouldn't expect anything less. Still going to the All Star game at his age is awesome. And, you know, there's some guys that, you know, I don't know about you, but if once I have a, a, a week off work, that first day, it's like you're I'm like I'm like a sloth coming out of bed. You know, you're like, oh, here we go again. Because it's it's tough. It's a tough schedule. Um, but having ten days off in the middle of the year, I don't think I've ever had that long. And that that really if they if they don't come back recharged, we're in trouble. You know, and, and what it does make is a great race to the finish line because now everyone's rested. Everyone should be playing their best hockey, and it's very exciting for a fan watching these last half of the game because they're 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 in a tight race, and the Penguins are rested, so they have no excuses. 15-minute mark on the fan brought to you by South Hills Chrysler Jeep Dodge Route 19 Peters Township celebrating 50 years in the South Hills. Ron, may I engage Tyler in a game of free association? This is a highlight, Tyler. Go for it. Tyler, um, in honor of the NHL skills competition, I'm going to ask you a bunch of questions about guys you've played with and against. And if a quick answer doesn't come to you, you can just say pass and I'll move on. Are you ready? Yeah, I'm ready. Fastest skater you ever played with? Chris Connor. Fastest skater you ever played against? Connor McDavid. Best overall skater, good on the edges, change of direction, all that that you ever played with? Nathan McKinnon. Mm. How about against? Oh, sorry, with Crosby, against McKinnon. Hardest shot of anybody you ever played with? Ooh, Brent Burns. How about somebody you played against? Zdeno Chara. That's not one you want to block, huh? Well, I flamingoed most of the time, so it's okay. (laughs) (laughs) Best wrist shot you've played with? James Neal. Against? Obechkin. Backhander, I think I know the answer. Best with? Sid. Against? I don't know. Pass. No, no one uses their backhand. I don't remember anyone using their backhand very good. Actually, Joe Pavelski. Pavelski, okay. Best stick handler you ever played with? Evgeny Malkin. Against? Matthews. This is good, isn't it, Ron? It is good, and There's he's very good at with, this game. There's tension with every answer. Best one-timer you ever played with? Pavelski. Against? Ovechkin. Yeah, I knew that was going to come. Yeah, he's, he was automatic in his day. We have a shootout to save the world. We're down to our last shot. 
Who's the one player you played with that you want making that shot? Taking. Tyler Kennedy. <laughs> I love it. What are you guys laughing? No, um, <laughs> you guys should be laughing, but um, an undercover guy that I thought was extremely good was Joe Pavelski. He was a guy that he, he, he was very good on uh, shootouts when I played with him. And the one guy you played against that you'd choose in a shootout? TJ Oshie. Nice pick. And lastly, Tyler, the hardest hitter you played with in your career. Um, Jordan Tutu. And against? Who's uh, Coletta? Remember Coletta in Buffalo? Yes. Remember that Coletta? Yeah, he had like a truck. Like I don't think he knew there was a puck out there, but he 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 keep your head up. He was a guy that had the the welding face mask, you know, shield on, but he hit like a football player out there. I remember you you get the rid of the puck a little quicker. Tremendous stuff today, Tyler. Thank you. And you got your big event going this weekend, correct? Does it start tonight? Starts tonight, boys. I know you guys are gonna be heading down. Bring your golf clubs. I want to see if you guys can out hit TK. It's my new. It's my new sport, golf. I can pound the ball. The longest drive gets a Jari jersey, so it's going to be a lot of fun. When and where? South Park tonight starts at six. Goes all weekend. Don't be surprised if I show up you with know, my driver. You know, Joe Tyler is a, a, a newfound addict to golf for a couple of years now. He begs everybody to play. You might be getting a call. Hey, I'd love. I, I I'm always up for a good game of golf. I'm during COVID. That's one thing about COVID. It kind of got me hooked on golf because I was nothing to do. I lived on a golf course, and I just golf. And now I got a good, you know, good group of buddies that I go with, and we just have a time. But I I enjoy it. I'm actually trying to get some new clubs now to make sure my A game's coming this summer. You ever play with Mario and Caulfield and Pierre? No, Pierre and Mario Golf at Nevillewood, where I am, but I've never played with those guys. I'm honestly intimidated to even ask to play with those guys because those guys are so good. Like, again, I, I live on one of the holes, and those guys, they get up, they, they golf fast, and they're automatic. Hmm. You know, up, hit it, gone. And it's, you know, I don't know how far, but I, I just – watch them and and they're pretty automatic and they're good golfers and whenever I play with a guy who's better than me or like that you know that puts a little pressure my golf game not good I'm a mental midget out there (laughs) thank you Tyler have a great weekend man good luck with the event thanks boys take care Man, was he great today Ron huh yeah that was uh, that that was an all-timer that was fun I liked some of his answers that was incredulent Fan weather brought to you by Sun Chevrolet. Check out special financing for qualified buyers on new Silverado 1500 trucks. Cloudy today with a high of... T-Mobile has invested billions to light up America's largest 5G network from big cities to small towns, including right here in yours. And great coverage is just the beginning. Right now, families and small businesses can save up to 20% versus AT&T and Verizon when they switch. Visit your local T-Mobile store today. 
Plan savings with three lines of T-Mobile Essentials versus comparable available plans. Plan features and taxes and fees may vary. Baseball is back, and so is MLB.tv. Watch every out-of-market, regular season game on your favorite streaming devices. Anywhere, anytime, all season long. Follow the action live or on demand. Track four games at once with multi-view mode. And catch up with in-game highlights. Plus, original programs, minor league broadcasts, and local pre- and post-game shows. Go to MLB.tv to start your free trial today. Blackout and other restrictions apply. Major League Baseball trademarks used with permission.